In today's Trophy Kids, we've got an awesome show for you. We're coming red hot off the national championship game. We had a crazy week in the NFL, and we got some final thoughts for you to wrap it up. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is January 15th, and I have never been as excited and as depressed all in one day as yeah. today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Um, I'm also very excited. I don't know if we're, our depression is similar, but it's starting to kick in. There's three more NFL games left. I'm getting bombed. I'm really hey, starting to get bombed. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. I'm getting real bombed about that. But we just got to cherish it. Cherish each game. Cherish cherish each quarter. And um, hopefully we have some a good three games to finish it all off. Well, we had a phenomenal weekend once oh, again yeah. football, which we'll get into the NFL slot. But last night we got the high of a good – Good national championship game. Great national championship game. We both hit our LSU bet. Congratulations to us. College football, though, is unfortunately over. We have three games left in the NFL. So the darkness is approaching us quickly. I am going to soak it up for everything that it's worth. But with that, I think we just break right into the national championship game. Hell of a game. I was... The first half was phenomenal. Second half, still great. Got away from Clemson, though. Became obvious LSU was going to win that game down the stretch. You had everything in that. You had electric plays. You had tough defense. You had terrible refs apparently trying out for the NFL. You had everything you could have. Heck of a game and a heck of a send-off to an awesome college football season. Yeah, it was awesome. I agree. It was a, it was a very good first half, very competitive. Second half, good as well, not quite as competitive, which was okay with me, probably okay with you as well because of our wagers. So I was, yes. I was fine with, you know, just relaxing, feeling like a big winner. Um, I was so it was a great game. Um, Joe Burrow started off a little slow. I was a little concerned, uh, but he turned it on like he is fully capable of. Trevor Lawrence, very good first half. Definitely one of the worst second halves I think I've ever seen out of Trevor Lawrence. Um, not not inspiring football, but he'll be fine. He'll come back next year probably win the Heisman. But great football, great game. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Like Trevor Lawrence terrible second half it was one of those things where he obviously didn't like the heat in the kitchen because he got out um they came and played lsu that's the thing i said this last week on the thursday uh podcast we were going over the lsu bets i think it's a good place to start as we kind of work out all the things with this game i think we just watched the greatest football team ever if not they are in the top three discussion without a question i put them as the best what you saw, they started off slow. Bad field position didn't help there. They absolutely torched that team defensively. They got a little help, put up some big points, played good defense, got good defensive stops. Here's some crazy stats for you on this LSU team that I did not come up with here. I'm pulling these all off Twitter, so I'll give credit to those who tweeted out. First Sports Center did this. This was crazy. LSU becomes the first team ever to beat the top four teams in the preseason poll. They built Clemson, who was in the top four, 42-25. Saw that last night. Alabama, 46-41. Georgia, 37-10. And Oklahoma, 63-28. They also managed to beat seven teams that, when they played them, were ranked at the top ten at that time. Yes. I think this might be the greatest team we've ever seen. And Joe Burrow might be the greatest quarterback we have ever seen in college football. The dude put up twenty or 60 touchdowns this year. It was unreal. In Joe Burrow's last five games, three he had three games against top five teams, 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> it, <laughs> it is unreal. I mean, Cincinnati, 
I'm up here in Cincinnati. They're all ready for this guy to come up here. Somehow the Bengals might screw this up. Um, but the kid is phenomenal. The offense is phenomenal. I think with certainty I can say that's the best offense I've ever seen in college football. Yeah. The defense is DBU. They got some breaks, which was good. I just – I'm happy. I'm happy for Coach O. I'm happy for this LSU team. It was an insane run. Also, how quickly do you think Bill Belichick got hard last night watching Moss out there on the field? Like, oh, he yeah. saw his replacement for Gronk real quick. Yeah, he, he's definitely looking for – he's definitely looking Moss's way. No doubt about that. Um, but I, I agree with you. This offense, it was it, it was ridiculous. I mean, LSU generally doesn't have great offense. They have good defense, good running backs usually. That's about it. But, I mean, yesterday Jamar Chase goes off for 221 yards and two touchdowns. No one on Clemson could cover him, and he's 19 years old. I mean, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, that kid's going to be a star. He'll play one more year, and he'll probably be a first-round pick. Just an absolute star. Um, this LSU team is, like you said, it's, it's really unlike any college football team I feel like I've ever seen. I mean, they really just pretty much dominated all season long. Yeah, and here's, like, some of the old-timers will be like, I think before this you put, like, the old Nebraska team up there, put, yeah. like, early Miami. Yeah. But what LSU had to do this year, the teams they played, the playoff system, and the way they beat teams, especially in the final two games, I just – I don't see an argument really for them not being the greatest team. Joe Burrow, I think, also has a strong argument for being one of the greatest quarterbacks college football has ever seen. Yeah, he's not kind of the athletic freak that, like, some others have been where he's the dual threat guy, but he, he's got some athleticism to him. But his arm and his ability to air at the ball this season was nothing short but magical. And if you're a Bengals fan, you have to be super excited for the guy you're getting because he has – the one thing I noticed right off the bat, you don't really have to worry about his footwork too much because he climbs the pocket beautifully. He has great pocket presence. keeps his eyes downfield. His format is always great to be able to launch it downfield, but he's athletic enough to take off. It, I just have no, nothing but good things to say about this kid right now. Agreed. I mean, he's just – He's like a juggernaut. I mean, he's ridiculous. This team, the least amount of points they scored, it was in October, was 23. The next closest was 36. It's they were in, They scored in the 30s two times, the 20s once, and then everything else was 42-plus. I mean, it's unbelievable, including two games in the 60s, quite a few in the 50s. I, I mean, it's unbelievable, this team. And like you said, Cincinnati's going to get a great player. Um, I'm looking already at fantasy. Tyler Boyd, his stock is going way up. Tate's stock's going way up yeah, as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stock for those for those um, Cincinnati you know, wide receivers is, is rising. It's rising fast. Um, and I, I mean, I think he's going to be a great pro. We'll see, though. I mean, you never know. But Priority number one, I think, now has to be signed A.J. Green. I know he gets hurt and he's aging, but give that man a weapon because – if you do, I think it's going to be – there's no such thing as a sure thing at quarterback. I think that has been painfully obvious throughout the right. NFL. There's a couple, like Peyton Manning coming out was pretty close to a sure thing. Andrew Luck, you maybe not like – because I don't consider Andrew Luck like the greatest thing ever, but you knew you weren't going to get a complete bomb, like a complete right. bust with him. I yeah. think that's kind of where Joe Burrow is. I don't know if he's going to be some phenomenal NFL quarterback. There's so much that goes into that from coaching – front office decisions just there's just so much out of his control but i don't foresee him being a bust i'm pretty confident in that <laughs> i'm pretty confident in that as well um i'll also say i know this is we're looking now two drafts away i think trevor lawrence is pretty much in the same boat 
I don't think he's going to be a bust. I, I agree. So I was actually just – it's a great segue because there's a couple things to talk about on the Clemson side controversy-wise, but we'll start with Trevor Lawrence. People were getting on Trevor Lawrence for kind of the the end of that game, and I think here's what you have to realize. One, on the other side of the ball, you had one of the greatest quarterbacks college football has ever seen, a kid who very much benefited from being in college for five five years. Yeah, five yeah, years. He's, yeah, he's older than Lamar Jackson. Yes, he's older than – exactly. He's older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. His pocket presence, his – fundamentals are just higher than Trevor right now, purely off experience, I would say. Trevor, though, is not that far off. You saw him start to have some issues because he felt some pressure, saw some ghosts kind of on the backside of him. Like, they weren't getting sacks, but they were getting there quick. You could obviously tell he's feeling that. He started to get sloppy with the football. That's just something I think he's going to get better with, with experience. But he's a hell of a prospect. <laughs> uh, he's he's going to be completely fine. Everyone over. I mean, everyone likes to react, overreact. But let's face it, this is the first game he's ever lost. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's fine. He'll come back next year and they'll win. They'll probably. I mean, they're in the ACC. They'll probably go undefeated next year. Uh, Clemson will be fine. <laughs> yeah, Clemson will be more than fine. Clemson is. I would assume. I haven't checked the betting lines yet. I'm assuming they are a heavy favorite to be the champion next year. Which they're they're probably going to be in the playoffs next year barring some, like, injuries and stuff, because that's just kind of... Clemson has built themselves as an Alabama, where it is oh, yes. year in and year out, it's the same product, barring injuries or some kind of, like, freak play, like in the Iron Bowl or, like, whatever. Yeah. They're going to be right in there up until the end. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. There is some controversy, though, and some overreactions. I think I at least would like to adjust as we're talking about the overreaction. The ejection. Clemson yeah. fans, I do not want to hear you complaining because you benefited from this in the Ohio State game. Here is, though, what I would like to see, and let me see if you agree with this. I feel bad for that kid. It sucks because, to me, it did not seem intentional, but right. by the spirit of the law, that is targeting. It is an injection. I think we're going to eventually move to this. I think I would like to see this. Where we move to kind of like a flagrant one, flagrant two, or yellow card, red card kind of system, where there are degrees to this. I would like a warning on the first target unless it is clearly intentional. And I yes. think anybody who has watched football knows a clearly intentional targeting compared to kind of that bang-bang play where he was going, it looked like for the body, changed levels. It just is an unfortunate timing thing because that was a huge win for LSU, which I'm happy with for my bet, yeah. but does unfortunately take a little out of the game. Not that much because yeah. you still have to win. Just one player doesn't make a difference, but it does suck. I agree. I mean, helmet-to-helmet happens so often in football, and to check someone for doing it once seems really harsh. On top of that, in that particular play, his own teammate was kind of in between the player, the LSU player. I mean, so he kind of had to adjust not to lay out his own teammate. It was just kind of, you know, people are moving full speed. When you you slow it down, it looks so simple. Like, oh, why did you do that? But, I mean, full speed, you're sprinting. Bodies are going up and down. You're moving. It seems harsh to get to throw a guy out of the game off of one helmet-to-helmet hit. Like you said, unless it's clearly like egregious and you know he like like a Vontez perfect on Antonio Brown type helmet-to-helmet type hit. But to to eject someone off of that, it, it seems really harsh. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I'd like to move to a two-tier system, like a warning on the first one if it happens again, because you don't want guys head hunting. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty fair. I believe that's fair. I don't. 
I mean, there's always the idea. It's like, oh, this is football. It's like, shut up, dude. You played like in middle school. Like, right. I would like these guys to have a brain. Um, so I, I understand getting away from that, but it is. It's just, it's unfortunate because I I hate to see that where there's that kind of doubt of like, had he not been ejected. I think the outcome still would have been the same, but it may have been yeah. a little closer because it definitely deflated that defense, and he was playing a heck of a game. But you still got to win. The other yeah. one, that pass interference. I get it. It sucks. <laughs> but you can't blame the game on that bad boy because you had plenty of chances. You're already down at that point. Yeah, it's momentum turning. You I'm, just, I'm not a guy that's going to blame a single play or a single call. But that does suck for Clemson's fans. <laughs> that was a bad call. I mean, that's all I can say. That was tough. bad. They're really tough. I mean, I, and a lot of Clemson fans today, from what I saw on social media, are really going after the refs. I, I don't really like that, but that was that was poor. That was real poor. It just seems like a lot of like hand fighting between the two. Like I just, yes. I don't mind that as much. There was a couple, and let's say this: there was a couple. There was a PI earlier in the game which got called on LSU that helped sustain a drive that I thought was nonsense because it was just simple hand checking like the interception one I was like oh no that was that was legit was it? I don't know there was one where I was like that was kind of bullshit but it happens it sucks the officiating wasn't great but that's kind of what you expect with college at this point yeah. um and you just can't blame it on them you had plenty of chances as a Clemson team but, but you're going to be fine I mean we're both in agreement that they're going to be just fine <laughs> I mean, they'll be just it fine sucks, but it sucks Nobody's fine. My only complaint yesterday, and this is typical college, but it seemed extra yesterday. That was the longest game in history. That was going to be my next point. My for God. the love of God, why are you <laughs> playing this game on a Monday? And for the love of God, why does it feel like halftime needs to be that long? There's no need at this point. What it are we doing? It was unbelievable. I was just like, what is going on? Like, the second half starts at, like, 1020. I'm like, what, what is going on? Dude, I got <laughs> bad. Like, people got yeah. kids go to work like what are we doing here people there are things to do <laughs> it's crazy i mean i get it there you don't they don't want to compete with the nfl so you have to do monday night there's really no other place to do it i personally me personally but it wouldn't work for the rest of the world i would have been fine with them playing at this past friday night yeah I, it, it probably wouldn't work with everyone and it, it's probably not where they'd get the most viewership but i don't know i mean that was a long game well, here's the other thing. I feel like you, I feel like the NCAA and the NFL could work it out. We're like, hey, we're going to play our game at 8.30 on a Saturday. Just schedule it at 1 and 4, and you should be fine, time-wise or whatever. Yeah, that would be That works. Or Friday. It's weird to have it on a Monday. I hate yeah. it. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it, it so sense. much. Yep, it I is. hate it. Yep. I'm with you. I was going to be my kind of second question following up the controversy of yeah. why can't we move that? Let's move that. I mean, that's move incredible. This has been a college rule. I feel like they put it in effect like five years ago, and I'm not going to complain about it. They can keep it, but do we really need to stop the clock every first down? No. Does that really need to be a thing? I mean, why is that a thing in college? Like, come on. We really should get the rules closer to the NFL. I don't mind the one-foot thing because – I don't I, love that. I don't love it, but it's also a degree of like these kids yes. – 95% of these kids are not as good yes. as – the NFL, so giving Correct. them a slight difference in that arena, I don't mind. But the rest of the rules, I feel like, should be... I don't know why they aren't the same, to be honest. Like, there, there shouldn't really be much difference. Um, this, the other controversy of the night for me, and we were texting about this, has nothing to do with the game, but that stupid top 11 rating, oh, 
Uh, Why is Red Grouch on there? He played in 1925. Can we make a rule going forward that no player before full desegregation of football is allowed to be considered a top, top anything? You cannot be considered the best in your field if there's huge swaths of the population that aren't allowed to compete. This is dumb. It's dumb. You bring a guy from the Roaring Twenties who like experienced the Great Depression. I mean, come on, get out of here. That dude never thought about his diet. He never lifted weights. Like, get, put Reggie Bush in there in the 1920s. That dude's averaging 80 yards a carry. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, but the 1920s. Like, come on. <laughs> other thing. Reggie Bush didn't make it, which is fine. There are some other guys that you could probably put in there. But did you know Reggie Bush on that list finished 61st? There were 27 other running backs ahead of him. I know the that's NCAA crazy. was rid of him, but that is nuts. I'm sorry. That's crazy. With the wide hash marks in college, if they were all the way on the left, they'd just pitch Reggie to the the right, and he'd just be gone every play. It was ridiculous. Reggie was ridiculous. So dumb. There are, he's not the best running back of all time in college football, oh, obviously. But 27 other guys ahead of him? Are you smoking Please. crack, NCA? I know they want to forget, have everybody forget about him because God forbid his parents got a house. That really changed his performance on the field. He needs to give back his height. Get out of here. If I was Reggie, I would have said, screw you, and not giving it back. What? <laughs> I mean, why? It's not like he was taking any performance in drugs. Oh, I agree. His parents got a house. Boo hoo. Yeah. Go down to Alabama. Everybody's driving around in a Maserati or some shit, I'm sure. Like, get out of here. That was a bit of an exaggeration, Maserati. But we all know what's happening. Oh. Which leads to the Odell thing, which I love now. Screw it. Let's just have boosters and players show up at the final game. Everybody's leaving. Just give them bags of cash and head out. Like, that was awesome. I thought that was funny. Dapping players off with lots of cash. Mark Rich, or whatever his name is, that of the NCAA, must have had a heart attack up in his booth. Oh, yeah, probably. But that was hilarious. Just such a great little troll. Just kind of making a good point as well um that was pretty funny by odell i, I support that that was hilarious <laughs> Love that. that was so great yeah just that was out funny. there after the game dapping up players with wads of cash yeah that was funny oh my god yeah well that was good i got nothing really else on that before we move to the nfl any other final fleeting thoughts that i might have we might have missed there no i think we covered it well i'm, I'm ready to talk some nfl let's move on to the nfl because as in college we got a great game in the nfl we got awesome games start right off the bat 49ers vikings i mean how could you not see this coming this is exactly how i envisioned this turns out 49ers pretty good turns out the vikings not that great on offense yeah who would have figured (laughs) yeah i mean it was a good game i thought it was a little odd i mean i understood the lines in the other games but I, i thought that line i thought the line should have been bigger in that game i mean the Niners are arguably the best team in the NFL, and they're going against a Niners team who is just struggle, who you know, who struggles on the road generally and struggles against good teams. So, I mean, I saw the number at like seven, I think it was, and I popped all over that. It pretty much played out exactly how I thought it would. Their defensive line, I mean, they just they eat offensive lines alive, and that's what wins in the playoffs, along with a good running game, which they have. So, I don't know. These Niners are they're 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 on fire right now, if you ask me. They're so good. I mean, They're Jimmy so G didn't look great. It's his first playoff game, to be expected. Yeah. But they pretty much can do whatever they want. Like, they can pin their ears back and just attack you with just a straight-up defensive like defensive line front. Like, they don't really have to blitz to create pressure, which is what really helped there. Offensively, they can run the ball down your throat. 
or they can air it out. I mean, like I said, Jimmy G wasn't great in that game. I suspect him to get a little better as the playoffs progress. But, like, this team can literally do whatever they want because they are so talented across the board. And the Vikings, you're right. I'm not on the take of, like, this is all on Kirk Cousins. He blew a big game. He didn't play great, but this game wasn't on him. It's just the Vikings are just – the like, what we saw in that game was one team far superior than the other. It wasn't kind of like a fluke of a game or anything. It was just the superior team won, and they showed that they were just the better team through and throughout the game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they they just kind of – they really dominated them, to be honest. And if I was a Vikings fan, there's one player I'd be a little concerned about. I think he's a good player. Adam Thielen. Yeah. Could he have been like a two, two-and-a-half-year wonder? I, I kind of think maybe he was. And, and that happens sometimes at the wide receiver position. I mean, he could come out next year and be a, and he could ball out. I mean, he is talented. But there's just something about Adam Thielen. He's like he's like a, a big-time like hothead. Like, I mean, remember when he was, remember when he was yelling at Bill Belichick? I mean, he's always, <laughs> he's always yelling at Kirk. I mean, he always just seems so pissed. And I'm like – and. This past year, his performance was really not... I mean, I know there were injuries and stuff, but I have, I have some questions about Adam Thielen. I really do. Yeah, he was banged up. I'm not totally against that take. Sorry, I had a little brain meltdown there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure out where I want to go with that. Part of me wonders, would he be better without Kirk, like with a more sustainable quarterback? But honestly, like, it's tough to get... If we're being honest with Vikings fans, let's be honest for a minute... It's tough to get better than Kirk in the NFL. It is. It could be a lot worse. It could, yeah. be a, it could be a lot better, but it's tough. He's pretty much – he's a guy that, yeah, he wilters in the big moments, but, like, you still should be able to win some football games. And you could go – because we'll talk about the Titans here in a little bit. There are ways to win without getting high production out of the quarterback position in the NFL still. So it is one of those things where it's kind of like the – what is it, the chicken and the egg or whatever? Like – Maybe Alan Thielen should be a little bit better in helping out Kirk Cousins. The other way around, because that's the thing we see. Sometimes a wide receiver props up the quarterback. Like, yeah. And he totally gave up on that route when oh, Karen yeah. picked it off. I mean, he totally <laughs> just stopped running. He just stopped running on a 12-yard route. I don't know how you stop running on a 12-yard route, but he did. And it's, it's just it's weird. Also, one thing I've noticed is a weird about the Vikings. time, like, public apology apologies to their teammate type team it's weird like kirk earlier this year like made some public apology to Thielen, then to Diggs. then after that game Thielen was like i made sure i went up and apologized why are you telling everyone about your public apology like it's weird it's weird to me the vikings are a weird team i don't know they are a weird team which makes it so funny that the browns hired kevin what how do you pronounce his last name Stefanski or whatever. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm terrible with names. I la- I literally laughed out loud when I heard that that, that was their hire. Because you had – they were also interviewing the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Um, say, say it? I think Robert Saleh. Robert Saleh. It's like you have two, can- two of your candidates, I guess top candidates obviously, going head-to-head, and one beat the absolute crap out of the other. Like yeah. ski – Everything. Like, absolutely yeah. dominated them. And the Browns went, we want the loser. <laughs> like, that is the most Browns thing ever. We'll take that guy. He's available now. Yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, or, like, God forbid you wait for the playoffs to end and, like, hire one of the other coordinators out there that are all 
I would say, don't get me wrong, maybe he works out for the Browns because you never know. Maybe he does. But he doesn't inspire a ton of confidence when there's all these hot coordinators out there names that you don't even wait for to, like, interview or to go further into your search. Like, you're the only team left that needs to hire somebody. You have the pick of the crop of what's left over. Like, what are we doing? Pretty weird. I mean, and they were also linked to, like, Josh McDaniels, who is very well-respected, and they're just like, nah, we're good. We'll pass on <laughs> Or what's his face out in uh, Chiefs land? Uh, Eric uh, Benjamin? Yeah. 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 Like I, I said, mean, terrible with last name. Oh, yeah. He runs yeah, a big, innovative offense. You know what he would probably do well with? Having a great backfield, a quarterback that is mobile, agile, still needs some work, good wide receiving core. He might not be a bad hire to come in and boost up your offense, give some discipline. The yeah. Andy Reid, yeah, Andy Reid's coaching tree seems to do all right. Like, what are we doing? I don't know why I'm getting mad for the Browns. I don't honestly care. I think it's hilarious. You guys just continue to make like fumble over yourselves, and maybe he works out. Maybe he does. Yeah. Just doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, it's odd. Very odd. <laughs> The 49ers move on, and the rest of the games got even more interesting from there. Yeah. Tennessee Titans. I said it last week. We've both been in agreement. I think. I don't think we saw them necessarily winning this game. At least I didn't think they were going to win this game, but I said they were the most dangerous team in the playoffs, so there are no slouch. It felt like the Ravens sort of came out a little rusty. Rust versus oh, wear. Yeah. Came out a little like, hey, maybe we can roll the football out and we'll just win. That's not what this Titans team is about. And they got... Derrick Henry. They did. I mean, you could say they were off for three weeks pretty much because they didn't play. A lot of them didn't play week 17, and it kind of showed. Um, yeah. Lamar Lamar struggled. Um, he had so many yards, like all, you know, to get like all purpose yards. He had a ridiculous amount, but he just didn't look the same. Um, they ran like 75 plus plays and only had 12 points. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. I just don't know how that's possible. Yeah, it was the goal line. Their their red zone attempts weren't great. No. I'll say that they did get yards. It's not all Lamar Jackson's fault. I know, like yeah, uh, no. the Lamar Jackson haters out there are all just loving this game. It's his second year. He's going to get better, barring injury. That is kind of the real unfortunate part here. As a Ravens fan, you're like. Man, we had 12 Pro, Bo- 12 Pro Bowlers. Yeah, 12 Pro Bowlers this year. Like, we just dominated teams all season. We have a quarterback that made it through the regular season without any major injuries, who is a runner, who's athletic. Like, at some point, he's going to get injured. Yeah, probably. It's one of those things where it's like, damn, this sucks. Because, like, while you can do the whole, like, we have something to build here, NFL windows shut very quickly. Yes. You got to take advantage of what you had. They had an awesome opportunity this year, and it felt like, they got away from who they were. They ran a lot of empty back sets. They didn't really seem to want to kind of run Lamar, pound the ball. They seemed to get desperate way too early. And the Titans just played their game. Like, they game-planned, and they stuck to it. They blitzed a ton. They brought a ton of pressure, and they just ran Derrick Henry, which is yeah. hilarious when Errol Thomas last week was like, we're not going to be afraid to tackle him. And that man turned into a lead blocker on one of his yeah, Derrick Henry's runs. Stiff armed him and turned him into a lead blocker. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that was so funny. But I mean, yeah, the Ravens just didn't really play their game. I do think Mark Ingram being pretty much injured was a was, that was a question. That was big. Yeah, yeah. that was big. How Mark big Ingram not being. Was. I think that was pretty big. Um, Mark Ingram not being himself hurt. Um, I mean, they until about the second half on the bar started 
breaking some big runs. But for the most part, LeVar was just – he couldn't get to the edge, which was crazy because he always can. But he couldn't do it this like for the first half pretty much. Mike Vrabel, I mean, he has that team flying around. Um, they're playing out of their minds right now. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has like 150 yards in the playoffs so far. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to matter because Derrick Henry just runs for 200 yards. And, I mean, they're playing awesome. Um, jumping ahead a little bit here. I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl. I, I want quarterbacks that can sling it in my Super Bowl. But... They're playing awesome, and I, I do love Derrick Henry. So if they go, they go, but I'd prefer, you know, I, I don't want to be a hater, but I'd prefer Pat, Patty Mahomes to be slinging it around in the Super Bowl. Yep, that's highlighting a little what we're going to get to here in a moment with the absolute insanest game of the weekend. Uh, yeah. But to stay slightly on topic with this one, it is – this is kind of – I feel like this happens almost every year in the playoffs – I mean, I don't have anything to necessarily bat this up, but I do feel like we kind of get reminded so much of talk around the NFL is these innovative offenses, these high-sling offenses, and there is nobody truly like Derrick Henry, so I should say that right now. But I feel like almost every playoffs, there's a team who comes in who doesn't have a great quarterback. Now, Ryan Tannehill was great in the regular season, but he's played not so great. I think everybody's in agreement there in the postseason, but he really hasn't had to because the game plan is simply control the clock, running the ball, run it down their throats, and play really good defense. And I feel like almost every year we get a team like that. Maybe they don't go all the way to the Super Bowl, but they make some noise in the playoffs. And it is kind of that thing, like you could say for the Browns, who have the, a two-headed snake waiting to be released in their backfield, or like the Vikings, or anybody else who has these great kind of running backs where it's like if you form an identity, and that identity is good when it's running the ball, stick to it and play really good defense, which yep. is easier said than done, and you can make some noise. <laughs> like... And that's exactly what the Titans are doing. Now, there's also a chance Mike Vrabel made a deal with the devil, but they're playing some good football. They're playing really well. Um, one weird thing is... Um, okay, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I forgot the sack. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a question just to wrap this up because it was yeah. that I thought of for you. Derrick Henry is one of a kind, but it kind of goes yeah. back to my point. Do you think we've gotten to a point where we have too much undervalued the running back position in the NFL? We've yes. gone too far away from valuing it. Yes. Everyone's always like, oh, you can plug anyone in there. No, you can't plug anyone in. They're going to run for 200 yards a game, pretty much. He's pretty much done that the last six games. It's insane. Um, and like you said, a lot of times that's what wins in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I think that nowadays everyone just thinks you can plug whoever in. And that's just not the case. It, it isn't. No. Yeah, I agree. I think we have... I don't think it's the position it once was, where it right. was like the most position on the field. We have moved away from that, but it's still one of those things, if you undervalue it, you're putting yourself at a real disadvantage, I think, because there are so many teams around the league. And I think I'm going to use my Bucks as an example. I think Ronald Jones is coming on his own, but we have struggled at the running back position, and it's not the reason we're terrible, but it's obvious when you struggle so much, the difference that defenses can play when you don't have that ability. Not everybody can play running back in this league. Not everybody can right. read a line and hit the hole right. And so, yeah, they're maybe not the top dollar earners, except for a handful. Derrick Henry is going to be one of them. I think you pay that man whatever he wants. I think Dallas had to do that with Zeke. There's a handful of guys where can, they can still get top dollars. But I would be cautionary, and I think we're going to start to see this take evolve more and more. And Derrick Henry, one-of-a-kind type of running back. They don't make him, except there is a kid at Georgia, which I'm going to bring up here at the end, coming up the pipeline. That's insane. Not a running back, though. Getting too far ahead of myself. But – 
I do think we have devalued the running back position a little too much. Like, I yeah. think there's going to be a course correction here. <laughs> I agree. Like, you can't you can't just say, you know, we'll just throw out an example. He's a fine player, but you can't just say, yeah, we'll just plug in Carlos Hyde. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not scaring anyone. I mean, no, it doesn't work. No, like, it doesn't. Pretty much every team that's worth their salt, there's a handful out there. But look at the Ravens. Mark Ingram. He's he's turned he wasn't always great, but he's turned into a pretty damn good running back. Yes, like he, he is a thumper. Like yes. Alvin Kamara has definitely helped the Saints offense. They oh, yeah. as soon as they added him. Like teams that are actually good, the Chiefs, when they had Cream Hunt, that was a different offense. Oh, They're still yeah. a great offense, but that was a that was a demon um, yes. of an offense. Like it is one of those things where these great teams they generally have – they can run the ball, and it's not just plug in anybody. They're, they still value the position enough to go get maybe not the top guy in the league. Some of them have the top guy, but a guy that's very good and up there. Right. Agreed. Definitely. Let's get to the game we've all been wanting to talk about because you know we want to talk about it. Yeah. The craziest game of the weekend, Texans-Chiefs. <laughs> I, I said it last week. I will say it every week until they tell me it's wrong. Never trust the Texans. The Texans are exactly who they we thought they were, and the Chiefs are exactly who we thought they were. That was the most electric game of the weekend. One of the most electric games of the season. What a phenomenal game. <laughs> that game was awesome. Um, Bill O'Brien, you gotta go. You're, you're gone. You're <laughs> so gone. You should be gone. You should have been gone a long time ago. And the crazy thing is, he's basically the GM there. So what's he gonna do? Fire himself? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Houston, the Houston Texans are a weird team. The only way he can get fired is if the owner fires him because Bill O'Brien's the GM. But he's gotta go. I mean, to to give that game up, I, I did not like the fake punt call. Why are you gonna give the the Chiefs the ball back on the thirty? Pin him at the twenty. Pin him at the ten. You're gonna give him the ball back at the thirty? That's the dumbest thing I've seen. Um. Just no, like, halftime adjustments at all. Bill O'Brien just went in the halftime like, well, they got us. We're fucked. I mean, like, <laughs> it was just like, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's just, uh, The Texans, they're going to they're gonna do what they do. They probably shouldn't have even been in that game anyway. I think the Bills would have put up a much better fight. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the Texans, get out of here. <laughs> the, that, I think, I don't know if we were texting about it. I was talking to somebody about it. That means Bill O'Brien's mind is truly a beautiful thing of fuckery because he doesn't go for it on fourth and like inches in or Chiefs territory, <laughs> but he goes for it on what fourth and four on his own 30, 35. Like, how does that make any sense? They're up 21, nothing after the first quarter. And then the second quarter comes and the Chiefs put up a good 28 spot, which was electric. So, and then it just, they, they, they completely went into hiding. Like, Bill O'Brien and the Texans just went into hiding. They kind of folded on under the pressure, and the Chiefs just did what the Chiefs did. Like, they they just kept to their kind of – they made the adjustments they needed to make, and they kept being aggressive offensively, which is really the motto, I think, of the playoffs and just football in general. Like, if yeah. you cannot take your foot off the pedal for one minute, if you do until three minutes left in the fourth and you're up 25 you, or plus – at no point in time should you take your foot off the puddle. At no point should you stop being aggressive. You should want to slit the other team's throat, essentially. Stomp on them when they're down. Because, as we see in this game, just about every team that's in at this point in the playoffs can put up points in a matter of minutes. 
Yeah, it does not take much, especially with an offense like that. And just the fact that they came back and then covered easily. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. I was like, oh my. I mean, I, I figured that that bet was just just an L. And even even like I was like, the Chiefs could still win, but there's no way they're gonna cover. And then they come back and cover fine. I mean, I'm like, like well, this is ridiculous. That team though, I mean. There's so many people on that team that can just get the ball in their hands and they can be gone. I mean, you know, they have Hill, Nicole Harmon. Harmon gets the ball and he's just he's gone. That that team is it's phenomenal. Ridiculous. It's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, and Andy Reid's offense is insane. Yeah, yeah. They're a team I want to see in the Super Bowl because that is an electric stream. I also just want to see Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. He's one of the best Andy. coaches ever, I think, and I he deserves. So. I think I think it's that time. Yeah. Let's wrap this up with Seahawks Packers. Horrible spot at the end of the game, but no excuse to Seattle. Seattle did. Both these teams are garbage. Both these teams would have will lose had the Seahawks advanced, I think, to the 49ers next week. I don't give them much of a chance, but Aaron is starting to look a little bit more like Aaron Rodgers on third down especially. Yeah. What do you make of this game? It was a good game. I I wasn't shocked to see Seattle make a game out of it because that's what Seattle does. They, I mean, you can never really count them out. Um, but like you said, Aaron is playing out of his mind. Aaron Jones also, as a running back, is, is a fantastic running back. I think Aaron Jones is very underrated. I think he's an awesome player. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is coming on at the right time. Like you said, I don't give them much of a chance against San Francisco, especially what we saw San Francisco do to them already this year. I don't think it's going to be quite that much of a bloodbath, but uh, it's it's weird. I mean, this Packers team, they're very, to me, they're, I know they, they what do they go, 11-5? and five? Did they go 11-5? and five? Or was it even 12-4? I don't know. They either, won, they either won 11 or 12 games, but for whatever reason, they, they've just struck me kind of as a weird, kind of an inconsistent team. Like, some some games, Zadarius Smith will look like the best pass rusher I've ever seen in my life. 13-3. Jeez, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Better right, than I thought. Yeah, that's better than I thought, too. But there are some games, and it was last game, where Zadarius Smith is just out of his mind. I mean, that guy is an animal. And you just don't, you don't know when he's going to do it. I mean, if he shows up and he makes plays next week, you know, maybe force a couple sack fumbles, then I think Green Bay could possibly win. But I, I don't give him much of a chance. Um, I, I, I'm looking more forward to the AFC game than I am the NFC game. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. I'm with you. Um, it's kind of exactly how I thought. The Packers win ugly, which is a good trait to have because it – that's kind of the team that doesn't get too far down on themselves because they're like, hey, we just muddy this game up. We're still in it at all times. They find ways to win. I think the 49ers overpower them here, but I would have liked the Seahawks to win. Pete Carroll screwed me out of my cover by going for two. I get why he obviously yeah. went two, but that sucked. And the play call there was disastrous. Um, I don't understand punting the ball with like three minutes left because it's like, just go. I get, you're not going to get the ball back because you're giving it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, the chance of you getting the right. ball back is zilch like you don't have this insanely it's not the legend of the or the league of the boom that you have back there anymore like this defense isn't the same <laughs> that's weird they're not even good to be honest no like their it defense seems isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> that seems I like mean, a piss poor decision especially when yeah i mean you have russell russell makes plays uh, yeah I, I did not like that call either i'm, I'm with you i did not he Pete Carroll's just sitting on the sideline just chewing the shit out of his gum looking like an idiot yeah. i mean 
was just, it was it was a poor decision on that in my opinion. Also, I know he he's only coming back for he only came back for the playoffs. What was the point of signing Marshawn Lynch? What was yeah, the it doesn't look great. I mean, dumb. it was great. It was kind of fun to be like, yeah, oh, Marshawn but it was fine. But you know, there's there were other running backs that probably played this year that were in better shape and more ready to go. Yes, it, it, it seemed pointless to me. I think that's the last time we see Marshawn. <laughs> oh, I think so too. I think he's done, and he should be done. Great career, borderline Hall of Fame career. Yeah, but no more. Done. Yeah, that's about all I got on that game. You got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nothing major. I will just make a comment on the lines. For me, they're both showing seven and a half. I hate that number. I hate the number seven and a half as a line. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna probably gonna lean towards the, the Niners to at least cover it. But these Titans, I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to doubt them. I don't know what I'm gonna do in the in the uh, AFC game. I, I'll have to think about it. I yeah, that one is gonna be a game day decision. Like that's whatever I'm feeling. Game yeah. day. I'm gonna see if that line moves at all. Wants the kind of sharks put their money on it, but I'm with you. I'm I'm riding 49ers at seven and a half this weekend. That for sure, I have locked in. Um, I don't know about Chiefs Titans. Part of me is like the Chiefs are gonna be up big, but there's another part of me that's like, dude, yeah. you bet the you bet the Titans last week. You thought very hard about betting them against the Patriots. Just continue to go with the hot hand. Yeah. Continue to talk trash about them so you don't put that good karma out there in the world, and they'll come in and pay for you, and it'll be a close game. <laughs> yeah. Because they're also they're built for the cold weather. I know they're yes. southern team, but like they now play. She's a no run defense, especially if Chris Jones. If Chris Jones doesn't play, yeah. Here's something I got for you before we wrap this up because I've seen this and I've been telling everybody this. I think the fact that this isn't getting more attention is insane. The Georgia Bulldogs just signed a kid. Listen to the size of this human being. He is currently <laughs> listed. He's going to play tight end at Georgia. He's listed as an athlete. An athlete. 24-7 Sports has him listed at 6'7 and a half, 261. Oh and he's ripped. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> he's gonna play tight end. He's listed as an athlete. He's 6'7, 260. Athlete. Oh my god. <laughs> that's such a joke. Play whatever position so- you want. They'll probably put him at defensive end, too. Hey, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's playing defensive line in high school, wide receiver right now. Could you imagine as a corner trying to guard him in oh, high boy. school? <laughs> I, I, I'd fake an injury. I'd, I'd, I'd get the flu. I'd say, you know what, coach? I have the flu. Darnell Washington is his name. I cannot wait to see him. And he's like Jack, too. <laughs> it's oh my so God. nuts. He's, uh, he's this year's class, like he's coming in? 2020, yeah. Oh, wow. He's just signed with Georgia. That's exciting. Yeah, which means he's 18 or 19, and he's that size. Get the fuck out of here. It's going to get even bigger. That's unbelievable. Some <laughs> people are just gifted. Just Dude, athlete. Unbelievable. Bill Belichick is already gunning for, like, the first pick whatever year he comes out. Bill's going to orchestrate a trade right now. He's going to find out who's going to suck in three years. He's, he's going to trade the first-round pick. Oh, God. It's going to be great. That's all I got for us today. As always, peace. Oh, 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 oh,